do it. Okay, we're, we're live. Yeah, we're good. I'm serious. All right, so game I face. mean, you were just saying you use tape recorders for your hypnosis. We can jump right into that because okay. that is a uh, very um, interesting to me, and I I don't know anything about it at all. You cue me, and so <laughs> and I'll I'll give you and I'll kind of keep them short so you can respond and ask questions. Is that good? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Because you don't want me to talk continuously, like, you know, a 30 or 45 second answer and then a pause so you can exactly. ask a question or, or add an insight. Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's just have the conversation, uh, allow each other to finish, and, and we respond. Um, so, I'm what I'm curious is about is, when it comes to hypnosis, what what is the point? What what is What are we doing here? What is the goal? Well, that's a great question. Number one, your conscious mind only uses a very small amount of your brain power. Your subconscious mind, which is what you access during hypnosis, is like 90% of what's going on with your brain all the time. Yeah. It runs all your autonomic functions, like your breathing and your blood pressure and making sure everything's doing what it's supposed to be doing. 90% of your brain is occupied by running your body and recording every single thing we say. Every memory, every single thing that happens to you, no matter how many lifetimes you have, yeah. if you're in or out of a physical body, is recorded by your subconscious mind. And so, in, in, hypno in hypnosis, we are tapping into the subconscious? Absolutely. It is a direct conduit into the subconscious mind. We bypass the conscious mind, and we send it away. Okay. And usually when you are hypnotizing somebody, when they're coming to see you for hypnosis, what mm -hmm. is it, what is, what, is, what is the typical goal? What are they going for? Why be hypnotized? Well, there's all different Why reasons. Why get into this, this, the subconscious? Um, there are all different reasons. Um, some people are just curious. Yeah. Some people want to fix a behavior, like smoking or weight loss or habit-forming things, I call them. Yeah. And then I think there's a whole subcategory of releasing negative emotions. So if you have PTSD, you're in war and you're traumatized by this event, you are a sexual abuse survivor and you're trying to recover from this, you've had horrible abusive relationships in your life, and so you're trying to release negative emotions, which is my specialty, and I enjoy doing that. Very, uh, it, so hypnosis has a lot to do with psychology, obviously. Actually, those are two completely different things in a way. In a way, but they're, aren't they tied? I mean, you're dealing with the conscious, you're dealing with consciousness, subconscious, I mean. We have three different levels of consciousness. You have the conscious mind, which is beta, which is what we're in right now. It's the highest... The waking stage. Yeah, it's, it's problem solving. It's being alert. It's being aware. And then you have alpha, which is like meditation or a light stage of hypnosis. Have you ever like driven home? You don't quite remember every single thing yeah, you did to get like, there. Yeah, you got home. That's alpha. Yeah, That's yeah, alpha. Okay. And then you have theta, which is a deeper state of hypnosis or REM sleep. So you know when you, oh, yeah. you have sleep... Your brain is actually incredibly active, oh, yeah. but just in a different part of the brain. Mine more than others. I have like I go into REM sleep so easy, and I I mean I I battle with sleep paralysis as well. Interesting. And it's uh, 
and the dream state and a lot of my art comes from the dream state do you get enough sleep do you get seven to eight hours of sleep every single night mostly yeah most of the time yeah i'm uh i'm very conscious about my body and, and my mind and treating it properly i do my best um to get at least seven hours of sleep and that's i might get six and a half sometimes but mostly i'm getting seven hours of sleep at night I encourage you and every person listening to track your sleep patterns because you probably don't sleep as much as you think you do. Okay. There are times when you wake up. For instance, I wake up between 4 and 5 o'clock every morning. Can't help it. Hate it. Mm -hmm. So I'm awake. And I try to go back to sleep. And I probably enter alpha, a very light stage of sleep or meditation or hypnosis. But I actually don't go into REM where I'm dreaming. Or I don't go into stage three or four sleep where you release endorphins, where you release chemicals to repair your body. So there's certain, you have to have a certain amount of percentage of sleep for each stage. So for example, REM sleep is 25%. 25% of your sleep should be dedicated to REM sleep. That's dreaming. Probably the reason you go into REM so easily is because you're sleep deprived. Really? Yes. Or, or exhausted in general? Maybe. Well, sleep deprived is exhausted. So even if I am getting that seven hours of sleep, I because I I would say that it's because I'm exhausted because I do so much. Like I'm const all day, constantly running, bouncing from place to place. You know, in my line of work, there's not, uh, there's hardly ever a, a minute that I get to stop. And so by the time I'm, I get home and I'm just okay. So your whole day, you're in beta. Beta, 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 beta. That is the highest frequency cycle of your brain. So you are at Mach 2 with your hair on fire all day long. We need diff- we need our brain to run at different speeds for different reasons. Yeah. So that's why meditation and alpha is so important to people. They're, don't laugh, but between like 1 and 2 o'clock every day, I relax. I just mm-hmm. have quiet time. Oh, no, that's, I read a book. That's the way it should be. Exactly. And, can you, can I mean, you the rally way, for that and get it changed in the I, I, workplace? Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, I would love for that. And I mean, that's the thing about me bouncing from place to place and just always in a hurry, busy, busy, busy. That's not healthy for a, a human being. And so you got everybody out here is doing the same thing. That's and why so, you have so much REM sleep because you process all your stress and anxiety from the day. Through REM. Do you have like crazy wild dreams kind of? Very vivid. Uh, That's because you're and processing out all that stress and anxiety. I, I lucid dream as well. Oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, my a lot of my art is influenced by even lucid dreams or the very vivid dreams that I have. And um, I, I recreate it. And um, I battle with uh, sleep paralysis. I've battled with sleep paralysis probably, uh, it's probably been about 10 years. That's very terrifying, isn't it's, it? Yeah, it's Because terif- you awake all- and you cannot move your body in any shape or form yeah. and you feel... And so, I mean, I'm consciously awake and aware of my environment, but I'm asleep. But I, I don't know if I open my eyes during this, but I am perfectly aware of my surroundings what happens is when you dream your body secretes certain chemicals Chemical or that, hormones that paralyzes you exactly. so that you're not fighting in your sleep because exactly you know everybody's had those frightening dreams where like maybe like a bear's chasing you you're trying to fight something off and if you were to 
you know, actually throw those punches while you're dreaming, you know, make those actions happen, you could hurt your significant other or something like that. And so, yeah, the body secretes this, I don't know the chemical, but it does put you in paralysis. <laughs> and so... Yours isn't I, turning off when you yeah, wake up. Yeah. There's there's something wrong with the mechanism. Yeah. And you know what? It's so funny. That's why we were talking about the essential oils earlier. And it could be something as simple as you're just not getting enough of iron or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it could be something so amazingly simple, which is why a holistic approach to health is a much better avenue than the Western medicine of a pill oh, yeah, or yeah. cut it. Yeah, take this pill. You know, this will put you to sleep. You'll sleep. You'll be dead all night, um, you know. It's like you know, sleeping then, pills are the number one overprescribed drugs in the United States. I would think it's that, and, and Adderall. you become physically addicted to yeah. sleeping pills within two weeks. Yeah, yeah. And you think about the damage that's doing to your liver, to you, and actually just being dependent on something. That's one thing I've never, ever, ever liked. Like when I was a, I was probably eleven when I was put on antidepressants. And yeah, right. We'll talk about that offline. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I'm open to talk about that, but online, I I I'm, I won't hold anything back. But 11 when I was put on antidepressants, and like 12 when I was put on um, Adderall, and which is actually opposite almost. Yeah, yeah, because it's a serotonin reuptake yeah. inhibitor. Yeah. Is what an antidepressant is, and Adderall. An it, like I haven't looked up Adderall lately, but it's yeah, a, it's not the same. It's an it's a amphetamine. It's yeah, a because amphetamine. it hypes you up. Yeah. Well, it's you know it's the neurotransmitters and what they got going yeah. on in the synaptic gap and. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, you got the SSR. Like I was prescribed an SSRI, and serotonin. Yeah. And take um, inhibitor. And then the uh, the Adderall, and it's like I don't. I didn't like taking them even being that young of course my mind is i mean it's like why do they prescribe a 11 year old antidepressants there was a lot on my mind as a young kid and i was going through a lot in life but taking these substances to try to control me and make me be a certain way to make me normal i didn't like social media around when you were 11 years old no it wasn't. Facebook no. wasn't around. Not for me, no. Okay. Um, I I personally feel like that, like social oh, media and, and all that's that stuff contributed. Did you have a cell phone? Were you texting? No. Okay. When I was eleven, no. I'm I'm older than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm older than that. Um, but uh, I think social media today, like you, ha- I see a major increase in anxiety and depression. It's the number one mental health problem in the United States today. And I think one the out of five one, people suffer from anxiety and anxiety-related disorders. I think the number one problem in our country is mental health. It is actually. They have done research studies, and it's the big thing with healthcare right now. It's a list of socially determining factors. And remember that phrase. It's like military-industrial complex. Yeah. And so what's happened, let's talk about healthcare. I'd love to talk about healthcare. One out of six jobs are related to healthcare. 17% of our gross national product is dedicated to healthcare. Are we healthier than anybody else? Nope. No. (laughs) We rank as the most expensive by by three times as much as anybody else. But we're not any healthier. We just pay for it. Yeah. 
Actually, Canadian doctors make more than U.S. doctors, and it's socialized medicine. We're very broken in the U.S. on healthcare. Very, in very broken. In many different facets of our society are we broken and just so misled. Go, okay, so if you go to a doctor for your sleep paralysis, mm-hmm. what do they do? They're going to feed me a trazodone. Pill. They're, They're going to give, give me trazodone so I can oh, sleep Oh, I've on. taken trazodone. That, yeah. <laughs> actually, I took a trazodone and I was incapacitated for 48 hours. Like, I couldn't go to work. Like, I couldn't yeah. get out of bed. And I just took what the doctor prescribed me. In a doctor's office, he knew how much I weighed, he knew my age, he knew everything about my medical history. Two days, could not get out of bed. When, but, when really, what you need for a good night's sleep is a, a healthy lifestyle. That's all it is. I mean, there are natural products like melatonin out there, which are totally acceptable which to shake. melatonin will send me straight into sleep paralysis. Interesting. I don't... I don't know. Maybe my brain already produces too much melatonin. Maybe that's, well, that's why I go very into. very interesting because maybe there's a research study that you could get into because yeah. you're so special. Yeah. Because melatonin is really natural, and I always feel comfortable telling people to take melatonin. Yeah. So I'm interested to hear that you've had that reaction. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't, of course, like I would love to do some sleep studies and like get in... There's a place right over on Mockingbird. No joke, there is. Really, uh, one of the things that I would, if I was going to go to college, it would definitely be for psychology or getting into sleep sciences. Because I am so, so much of like my sleep and what happens to me in my sleep, what I've gone through, like my experiences of, there, there was a week where I would have sleep paralysis about eight times a night. Well, and two I just things, can't. two things come to mind with your situation. One, you really have a biology thing that just when you were born, your chemicals didn't all happen at the right time, and you've got this predisposition or genetic whatever that you, like you said, the chemicals are different for you yeah, personally. Yeah, yeah. Or, or because I'm a past life regressionist, I'm into hypnosis and past lives and all that kind of stuff. There could be some history with something. And could that be life. could that be explored through hypnosis? Absolutely, it could be would, past I mean, life regression. In fact, that's a lot of what past life regression is about. It's about taking care of promises and contracts and agreements from past lives that don't suit you now. So who knows? You see these crazy people and these crazy things and situations. It's because they're tr- they're still. Adapting to a set of rules from a lifetime that doesn't apply anymore. I mean, I I feel like I I feel kind of connected to exactly what you just said. Like I, you you hear the term "you have an old soul." Yes, absolutely. And I. uh, By the way, all souls are the same age. Yeah. Some of us are more More, mature or more connected (laughs) to. Well, they're further along on the emotional path of growth and wisdom and learning. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. I feel, I feel connected to that, and like. A lot. I mean, me myself and people that I know uh, will say that I don't belong in this in this age, like this day and age. Like I feel like I belong to an older, like more sophisticated. Like I don't know if it was, if you go back to like the Greek era when you know philosophy was so big and important, and it's like I still I. I feel connected to that, and maybe that's why I do so much research and studying into that. And well, you've probably had past lives where you've lived in the Greek culture, you've lived in the Egyptian culture, yeah. you've lived 
you probably were a philosopher in a past life. If this is something that drives you and you feel passionate about, this is something you're probably a lifetime learner. Yeah. And I think we both are. Yeah. We've discussed yeah, for sure. this. And so you've probably had multiple lifetimes. You know, a lot of people are either priests or fighters or military. They kind of walk, because yeah. if you think about the history of humankind for the past 10,000 years, we fight a lot of wars and we're very religious. Yeah. So you're usually like a monk or a priest or a religious figure or you're a warrior, especially for men. And so you see these recurring themes over and over and over in people's lifetimes. Do you think that would spirit be connected to um, I guess maybe genealogy like where absolutely astrological signs run in families if you look at people's birth dates and death dates it's significant dates in a family history just look at the Kennedys it's amazing if you do a genealogy chart Tell on the Kennedys about that. yeah you know I, I had a book I don't know if I still have it but in one of my books on gene genograms it's you know the genealogy and mapping especially birth dates death dates marriage dates you will see them run rampant through family histories over long periods of time they repeat like my girlfriend feels so sorry for her her mother died on her birthday she died about an hour before midnight the coroner felt so sorry for her that they actually did the death certificate after midnight because it was traumatic yeah. and it was horrible. And But that's what I mean. If you look at things, people share the same dates over time. I absolutely believe that everything is interconnected. There is no doubt in my mind that everything is interconnected. Because that's something that, I mean, like I was, I was asking if the spirit is connected to genealogy or... Um, even just well, spirits everything. Spirits everywhere. Yeah, obviously. But personally, the way that we... I feel connected to ancient Egypt for some reason. You probably had a past life. I had one there. But I did a past life regression well, where I was in Egypt having a baby. Check this out. I'm from a Hebrew bloodline. Mm -hmm. Hebrews spent a lot of time in Egypt. If you, And so that's... I, I came across that realization uh, maybe uh, five years ago, six years ago. The fact that my art, if you look at all my art, why is there so much Egyptian symbology? Why because have I always... Because you lived a past life there. Yeah. You probably lived multiple past lives. The Egyptians were in power for several thousand years. Or is it that I have lived that past life? Or is it that my family actually did spend a lot... My blood... Did actually both. spend a lot of time there. It could be both, and it that could was be passed either. on through. It could be or, I mean, it could be a combination of all of those things, mm -hmm. and it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, yeah, and I, 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 uh, I believe that. I think definitely through genes would that. I mean, information There's is passed on through genes. all kinds of stuff about genetic memory too. Yeah. I'm yeah. not so familiar exactly. with biology. That was not my strongest subject in college, but. There's all kinds of stuff. I'm just reading stuff about Psych K right now. What's that? Psych K is um, the philosophy that your brain is like a computer. And if you have any thoughts about yourself, like, I'm not worthy of good things. I, I deserve 
unconditional love, very basic statements we have about ourselves, if you muscle test yourself on them, they come up as a false, like you don't believe you're worthy of good things. And this happens all the time with abuse victims and, you know, people who've had traumatic events in their lives, they don't believe that they're worthy of good things. And we think about domestic abuse in this country. I mean, I don't know the stat, but I think it's like one out of two girls are sexually abused by the age of 18 years old. And that's an old stat from like 90, like an old, old stat. And so it's very prevalent in our society that people like have all these issues and have to work through all this stuff. I would almost say that, I mean, just when you said that one of every two girls has dealt with some form of sexual abuse, and that was a statistic from the 90s, I would say today that every girl has some kind of... That's why I was asking about social media, because I'm watching 13 Reasons Why. Yeah. And I'm totally blown away how high school was different for me. That's how it was when I was in high school. Yeah, and I totally believe that, that and it's just horrific. And, I uh, mean, I, I don't think I would have survived high school. Yeah, it's... Uh, I didn't have a great upbringing as a child. Yeah. I yeah. came from a very horrible mm-hmm. family. And I think if you threw social media I in the mix... Out. Yeah, it was horrible. It was bad. Yeah, I don't think I would have made My it out. My thing in high school... Or and when I say don't make it out, I'm not talking about graduate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I was... I mean, obviously, when I was a young kid, I didn't have the greatest upbringing. Uh, no father. Yeah. Drug addict mother. Oh, um, that's really bad. I'm very same, sorry. Same um, I'm very, very sorry. That's horrible. And so, I mean, even being bullied in school, when it came to, of course, we were, I had a drug addict mother who couldn't keep a job. We lived in the dirt. We live. My, my mom has a thing about having pets, and we just had to have pets, but my mom see that's a psychological need the need that she had to have yeah. pets they're expensive yeah. they're dirty yeah. you gotta feed them yeah. and if you have you gotta no clean money, up after them she wanted like, unconditional love that's what pets represent if you dream about pets they represent unconditional love yeah so that's what your mother was looking for and and so these dogs she she's too messed up to clean up after and so these dogs they would pee on her clothes i would go to school mm. smelling like dog piss and I, you know, of course, kids are going to... And isn't it interesting that she ignored all of that because of her drive for that well, unconditional you know, she, love? She had her demons, and um, she's, for the record, she's doing much better now. That's she's great sober. to hear. She's, she's doing very good. It's not over um, till it's over. Yeah, and, but as, from my experience as a young kid, I was bullied because of that. I was bullied because I was going to school wearing the same clothes every day. We didn't, I didn't have new clothes like everybody else I my clothes stank um um i was bullied when i was young and then that for me it instilled in my mind that well i gotta start showing out you know i got bullied too but it's because my grandmother made me a little red riding hood costume in first grade <laughs> that didn't go over well in public school <laughs> I, st- I started uh rebelling and i think if i if it my rebellious nature and my acting out got me into a crowd that was the same way. We, I was, then I became a skateboarder, and I, I became more conscious of my clothes smelling like piss. And so I, 
if my mom's not going to clean the house or if my mom's not going to clean the clothes, like, I got to start cleaning my own clothes. I know, but you were asked so, to be an adult at a very, at a very young, young age. age. I'm exactly. thinking, like, less than the age of 10, like 6, yeah. 7, you yeah. know. And so by the time I'm 11, I'm put on antidepressants. You were in the system. And yeah. You got put in the system. And, um... If uh, I I, st- I didn't take the antidepressants very long. I didn't take the Adderall very long. I because I didn't like that control. I ended up selling them to mm-hmm. <laughs> to my older brother's friends. You know, <laughs> hey, um, that's a business model. I, yeah, I, I got work ethic at a very young age, and um, my depression I counteracted with being rebellious, skateboarding, hanging out with the bad kids, and if it wasn't for that. I might have been the one who who killed myself but my rebellious nature hanging out with the rebels and becoming popular in that crowd was my kind of antidepressant or it kept me from like ending it all mm-hmm. um, I don't know why we went off on that tangent but uh, she's talking about 13 reasons why um, and I, I don't I don't wish that I had never experienced all that. I love that I went through all that. Well, you know what? You don't laugh, but you pick your parents. You pick where you come in. So there's like this, don't laugh, there's like these three guys, right? They're like the tribunal or the judges. And you work with them and you decide on a life plan and you kind of pick where you come in. So everybody says, oh, I hate my parents. They're horrible. I never pick them. You do though. Sometimes you pick hard lessons. Sometimes you pick easy lessons, you know? Yeah. But you do pick where you come in. And I personally think that people who end up with really difficult life situations, I think they're like the AP students of life. Like they say, yes, I know this is going to be tough. I know this is an abusive situation. But I want to learn to overcome this. Or I want, because you keep coming around with the same people over and over again. You have soul groups that you come around with. And I, th- like, I think that's kind of where I... That's what I've gotten from all of it. I became the person that people would come to if they had life questions. Like, I went from being the kid who was bullied, who had the horrible life, who smelled like piss, to taking all those life lessons, turning my life into something great, and now people come to me went because they don't know how to handle life they if whether they were handed everything or not they don't know how to handle this and so i became that i became the teacher i took from my pain and my lessons and i wouldn't have it any other way like you said you choose your parents i would never like i would never say that i wish i didn't have my upbringing and my mother and the fact that my father was gone, I wouldn't change any of that because that made me who I am, and um, I'm I like who I am. I'm proud of what I've become. You're proving my point. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see what else. Um, what's one? What's one of the most? I just want to like get in because I know. We've talked before. You're a very esoteric person. Yes. What is one? Of, what do you think? One of the most far out beliefs you have that people kind of stray away from. Hmm. Far out beliefs. Um. <clears throat> this is just for fun because I'm interested in. Well, all kinds I mean, of we're all. I mean, we really all. Everything is an energy. 
everything is energy. There's yeah. dark energy. There's dark matter. Mm -hmm. There's visible matter. There's visible matter. Visible light. All that kind of stuff. But there's such an intricacy, and there's such a higher power. And and honestly, we're like Madonna. We keep reinventing ourselves because you know there's membrane. There's M theories, and there's like I don't know eleven membranes. They're all right next to each other. And so when they talk about the Big Bang, right? Well, all these membranes are big banging at different times, and then all the through entropy, you know, all the matter goes out, and everything just kind of fades away and dies. I don't know what happens, but our energy must go someplace because it's yeah. like E equals MC squared. Energy can be neither, neither destroyed or created. It's all in existence from, you know. So uh, we're here. I mean, there is no end. There's only transitions. Mm -hmm. And so you're in this physical body. I mean, we're spiritual beings in a physical body. Everybody's mm -hmm. heard that. But we are. I mean, we choose to be here. Okay, I have a negative wisdom. Negative wisdom. Origin and Destiny of Man by like Lyle Roberts or something. It's an association. It's an ARE book. And everybody should read that book. It tells you why you are here. Why we are in these physical bodies. Yeah, well, it really explains it and talks about it. Why is that? Actually, we screwed the pooch. We uh, looked away from God. We were in perfect harmony with God. Life was great. Is this, is this belief system, is this based off of any particular religion or it's not a religion it's actually information and so what happened was i, I don't know if you've heard of edgar casey yeah okay edgar casey so he did all these readings and he would ask like you know the universal life spirit force you know he would ask questions to the universe and they would answer him and he had to be very careful of how he asked questions because they may not get the answer that he thought he was asking a question for so he did 14,000 readings. So he asked a lot of questions over 14,000 readings. You know, multiple questions in each reading. 100,000 questions. He got into the meaning of the universe, why we're here. Try to talk towards the mic. Physical, <laughs> physical <laughs> stuff. Everything. And so we were in total attunement with God. Perfect. He created all the souls at the same time. That's why there's no old souls. Because we were all created at the same time. And Jesus was created first. He created Jesus' soul, the soul of Jesus. It's been called many, many, many different names. But he created that soul first. Buddha? Osiris? You know, it's a lot. Lilith. Like, there's all kinds of different names. But that one original soul. But is that soul. the entity of, say, the Messiah? Or yeah, it's is that, that entity? Because you, cause think about historical figures through time. And so that Jesus' soul, that Jesus' entity... It's been a lot of different things over time, but it's still the same soul. It's still it's called a lot of different names because we all have different, yeah. you know, sojourns in the physical plane. You know, you're yeah, called Jesse this time was, around. Uh, you know, there was one quote I forgot who it was by, but it said something like, "There is one truth, but it is called by many names by many sages." It's yeah, exactly. And so that one soul. So God stepped outside of Himself and created that one original soul. Himself. God is a man. Oh, you know what I'm. Sorry. I'm using it in the generic Linguistics term. is uh, it's, it's, language is. I a mean, funny I don't want to be yeah, gender yeah, specific yeah, yeah. because it's so much more. Yeah, it's so much. That's simplicity. why it's so hard for me to have conversations about God is because language is so limited, and we we fumble. Exactly, we're spiritual beings in a physical body. It's like, how do you explain God? And it's it's gotten to the point where I don't even like to use the word God. Yeah. 
I, that's why I kind of say higher power and spiritual being yeah. and spirit. Or source. And spirit. Yeah, source. Source is a big thing in the yeah. Edgar Casey readings. Yeah. If you do that. Okay, so okay, so we screw oh so we were all in attunement with God. Everything was perfect. And we started to look away. And I personally think this is when physical materialism started blossoming. It was Whenever. like we had the big boom the big bang yeah. and planets started happening. Life started evolving. There were deer like they could see things. So they could how was see it? life. How, how would it be that if we're in a spiritual realm, how would it be that what was the chaos that caused us to Hold on, I'm gonna blow up into in a physical realm? Okay, so what happened was Earth is, or, or any you know planet or whatever is starting to materialize. You've got deers, you've got bears, you've got dinosaurs. They exhibit emotions, and emotions are very important, very important. And so they exhibit emotions, fear, happiness. I have actually seen, like in Snow White, birds and squirrels playing with each other. Like they do or exhibit emotion. Yeah. And so what would happen is these spirits or souls, vibrations, actually, vibrations is the correct term, would dive into the deer. And they would feel the happiness. They would feel the fear. And it was exhilarating. And they kept doing it over and over and over and over again. And what happened was they developed a separation from God. And God said, okay, you screwed the pooch. You wanted materialism? You got it. You got to go down there. You got to get your shit straight. And when you become back in attunement with me, then you can come home. And so what is home? Attunement with God. That your vibration matches God's vibration, and that you are in attunement. That's it. Any any um, opinion on what that state is? Nirvana. I mean. I mean, because people in today's society, you start saying this things, and people are they're like, yeah, heaven. You're talking about heaven, going to heaven. But what people perceive heaven as today is you know the pearly gates and you're up in the clouds with you know god is a big man sitting on a cloud with a white beard um actually when you go in front of like the tribunal like when you like when you read stories about people with past life experiences and stuff like that they talk about like the tribunal and they're like but i think it's just how they is that just the archetype that has been passed down through humanity i just think it's the only like it's so big it's the only way we can process it through our brains because again we are spiritual beings in a physical body because the and so the spirit is like a bazillion percent bigger than what we are like we are squeezed into one little tiny molecule and like you just it just doesn't it's like a computer program if you have a really complicated computer program going through a very simple interface it's not going to translate well. Or it's like coming out of a very intense mushroom experience, a psilocybin experience, trying to put into words what you just experienced, but there's no real words to express what... Because it was emotions. It was feelings. It was beyond... And that's what makes us so unique. I personally think the human race is incredibly unique oh yeah i think there's a lot of life out there and beautiful like i i look at people like people look at at people that they're disgusted by and i see beauty in everybody i i think that there's a lot of intelligent races out there like aliens and grays and all that stuff and i don't think they sit around like this and talk they're far too intelligent i don't think that makes them intelligent what I would think that, you know, people are people always say, oh, if aliens came, they would come to destroy us. But if they're so 
intelligent, so far advanced that they can travel I think through. They come to study us. I really do. I think we're so unique. And I've but heard I don't this think theory before, and it just made so much sense to me. I don't think their purpose would be malevolent, or it would be. I don't think it would be um, with intent to harm. If they're so I intelligent, I think. I think if they're so intelligent, because if you the smarter you become, it, if you were a scientist with no ethics, right? You just grab that rat yeah. and probe it, do whatever you wanted to do if you had no ethics. I guess, and there and are I think those. That's why we're so unique because we have ethics and morals. Like for them, it's pure science. And I don't think that's why I think that there's all these abduction stories, and I think they and I think they've been genetically engineering us and trying to make us better, which is not a bad thing. I mean, but I think we all have our own spiritual path too. I think God put a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of space beyond you know? our perception. And I, I mean, mean there's. I mean, if you think about how gigantic the universe is. I mean, it's incomprehensible. Well, even even the physical universe that we might be able to perceive with our limited senses, but beyond our senses, what are, what is beyond our senses? Like I know. even even the fact that you know bees see ultraviolet light, we can't see ultraviolet light. The world would look completely different if we could see ultraviolet light. But there's on the spectrum, there are so many things that we can't see that we can't perceive, and when it when you talk about infinity when you talk about the size of the universe how many other dimensions are there we know of the three i think four, there's 11 i think there's 11 and, that's m theory and that's these, m theory and these these dimensions intersect with our own and so it could be very possible that there are entities right next to us living their own lives that might not be able to perceive us. Because, okay, and so, have you heard the theory of, of matter? It's like a Christmas tree, right? You've got the Christmas tree, and the only thing you can see on the entire Christmas tree are just the lights. That's what the visible universe is to us. We can't see the tree itself, which is the huge structure holding up all the lights. We can only see the light. And only like four percent is is the lights. I'm there's very honestly, really, really. If you looked at our physical body, it feels solid. There's like nothing there. <laughs> it feels solid, but it's totally not. If you look at it atomically, we're just like scaffolding. That's crazy. I know it. It's so hard to wrap your brain around. Uh, all of existence is hard to wrap your brain around but i love it like i feel like people need to start having these conversations and like we need to we need to sit down like this we need to like start this is what challenging I said about each the other. alien intelligence i think we're smarter we need to we challenge talk each about other. things and we challenge things and we grow yeah for sure and i mean that's that's kind of you know that's been a reason why i wanted to do this and why like with the access to information today that I feel like there there is an awakening going on, like greater than what was going on in the '60s. Um, well, more people believe in God now. Before the stat was it was four out of ten people, and now it's six out of ten, and that was probably a thirty-year span, I'm guessing. But what about the the believing 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 in God and uh, killing for it? I mean that oh, has been now very you're into zealots. That's been very prominent in our culture for forever for 
Well, you know what? That, as long as that's we're in people's been okay. That's the subconscious. That is man. We talked about the subconscious, right? We just talked about the subconscious mind. All these people killing everybody and all that kind of stuff. In the name of God. For whatever reason. Whatever Ideolo- justification. Serial, s- serial killers. It doesn't matter. If you are doing harm upon another person, you've got something going on in your subconscious mind. And who knows why? Because everybody has had everything in the world done to them. If you look at all of human history. And i got to tell you. We've been through it Human history has been brutal. Oh, yeah. We beat the crap out of people. I actually was in on a hypnosis training, and this little bitty petite girl, little bitty waif of a thing, she lived in ancient Egypt, and her job was to torture the slaves. She was this big guy. Oh, my God. When she talked about it, like she got a big grin on her face, she, she liked it. it. Yeah. She liked that control. And she, she, but if you looked at her, and and when she came out of it, she felt horribly guilty. Like, she felt very guilty because she did enjoy it. And, but it's a different lifetime now. And that's the the blessing. Yeah. Not remembering every single thing you've done. Because we're not all altruistic all the time. But if you can look back on that and realize that that's a part of you. That helps you out in the in this life and the next, correct? But it also helps with an understanding because, you know, she was on the abuser side. Who knows? She may have a lifetime because she was horrible. I mean, when we were listening to this session, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Like, it was really, like, she really beat these people and enjoyed it. She, I mean, she was a man in this past lifetime. Um, but but that's a part of the evolution of the soul getting back to Nirvana. So, right, that's well, the, but she may have route. come back at a, as a victim. She may have been tortured in a future life to repay the debts mm-hmm. because she enjoyed it. Yeah. There's a difference between doing things that you feel remorseful over that moment. Like in war. Like yeah. if you have to kill somebody in war. You really don't want to. Like it's against your ethical standards, but it's war. And you... Sometimes you're asked to do those things. And it's okay because society deemed it's okay. So you've got a lot of variables going on with all these different lives and how they connect with people. Um, Oh, man, I I had a thought for a second about um, the girl who, who was reliving her life in Egypt through hypnosis. Um... What was it? There was I, I had something in my head that I wanted to talk about about that instance. That's very intriguing that we can go back and relive those moments. And it was an important moment because she wouldn't have told us about it otherwise. Hmm. I don't know. There's I mean I'm such a skeptic about things. Like just naturally, you're I'm, a believer. What are I'm, you I'm talking very, about? I'm very. I'm, very, I'm a He's very a believer. No, I'm very, 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 very. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. He's a believer. No, I'm very open. I'm very open to things. I'm very skeptic. I have my own set of beliefs, and I mean, I know what I believe. I've know the only thing that I know is what I have experienced, and what I have come to know is truth. Um, and so, like when it comes to studies that I haven't dove into like when it even when it comes to hypnosis i've got to be skeptical because i don't know it and um but i keep an open mind i'm open-minded and i want to know more and i think that it's good to challenge minds it's good to think outside the box and to and to 
and ponder. I mean, that's why I read books. That's why we read books because it challenges the mind. It forces you to create. And I and hope we never get rid of paper books. I oh, hope I that we either. look at all the books I in think the library. I just ordered like three last week. Have you been to Lucky Dog Books over mm-hmm. on Jefferson? Lucky Dog Books on Jefferson <laughs> in Oak Cliff. Go I, see them. I, uh, I I love physical books as well. Like the smell of it, the feeling of it. I'm a highlighter. Don't laugh. I've I have six too. different colors of highlighters. <laughs> no, I'm and not. I highlight everything. I'm not that intense with the different colors. But you go through one of my books and like the whole entire book is just yellow like but see but then it blends like, together i highly yeah. encourage you to use the multiple colors because it helps you break because otherwise it's just a sea of yellow yeah. and it loses meaning yeah. but if you break it up with the colors like it really made it much more dramatic for me yeah yeah because okay. then you can see what's one cohesive thought yeah and what's individual statements so every time there's like a change I change colors and it really helps you see those statements or one thing that's kind of supporting and then you just read the last sentence I like I mean I'm um, a I like my I like the traditional books digital I can't do it I can't get into it but I, I understand like I think it's cool I think it's cool that you can have a library full of things packed on a little on a tablet. I just, I don't know. I, but I, I like is, the feeling of I do too. holding a book. I like the and, touch and the feel of a book. Um, like, I like the ownership of a book. Yeah. And also, if anything ever happened to our power grid, communication, oh, internet, you're entertained for, GPS, like, you have your, yeah. I still got my books. Yeah. <laughs> um, going into... Because we won't always have this time. We're, yeah. Honestly, we've been on a good run for a long time. We're gonna hit a dip like the dark ages oh, sooner yeah. or later. Yeah. Yeah. But um I just hope I'm not around when we hit that dip. I got yeah. like fifty years left. As long as we can keep society in a good place for fifty years and I'm not traumatized. Gucci. Well that's been that's been the mentality of a generation that like that's been the mentality of a generation that I, it's has horrible. left that I has left it. my generation fucked. I voted yeah. Democratic this week. Uh, but I wanna go I wanna go I wanna look at technology. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about our future. Let's talk about Moore's law. Every eighteen months all computer processors double in size. Yeah, exactly. We They're, are it's, such a it's, pivotal it's, point. It's exponentially growing. So if it's growing so exponentially and for me i'm very optimistic about the future i don't want to say that everything's going to shut down and everything's going to go back to the dark ages we need I to think we need to prove intelligent life we need to become cohesive as a species i truly believe this we really it's out there i mean my god technology, it is out there where my theory is that we are going to be we're going to evolve the next stage is um, robo sapiens Oh, like artificial intelligence. I and think that robots. we are already well. That's living, all space travel, isn't we're, it? We're like already living in symbiosis with technology. Yes, we are. We can't ever get these things out of our hand. Absolutely, I we have a hearing aid. I should be wearing. I never do it. We are connected. Do we are connected at all times to unlimited information. We're already we like, are. We're plugged in these like the supercomputers are on our. Yeah. They're just not getting the benefit from us. They're on our hips at all times, so we're already. I don't know where mine is. How about that? <laughs> Good for you. We're already living in symbiosis. I don't know where it is. It's around here somewhere. It's probably my purse. We're already living in symbiosis with 
technology. True. I, well, think about amputees or people who have prosthetics. Prosthetics. Yeah, absolutely. And now they've actually and a lot of times, implanted things where you can like move mice around yeah. with your mind for people who are paraplegic. We're getting to the point where even prosthetics are be- are better than what we actually are born with. I've seen that. And so, and so, for me, I'm optimistic about the future in a way that this this is going to help us evolve to the next stage. And are you familiar with uh, singularity? In context to what? In context to, it's actually Ray uh, Kurzweil's theory on singularity, not uh, Einstein's singularity theory. But uh, Ray Kurzweil's a futurist. I don't know if you've ever read his stuff, but the idea is that everything is going to come back to one through technology because everything... That, well, that we would know make sense. That's binary, existence. zeros and ones. That's, I mean, that makes sense. The universe is nothing but a computer. That's true. It is. And so, I mean, it's all energy and vibration. And so, and whether math, whether you want to call it spirit, I think that it's all tied in. Even technology. People want to say that you know, making music on a laptop electronically is not natural. It's not making you know. It's just a conduit. It's a conduit. It's the. Yeah. It's still physical parts that are. You think about the electrons that are going on in the computer that are making well, this happen. That those are all natural things. Well, that's what I mean when you think but, about all everything in vibrations, which yeah. is actually a really good. What word. it all comes down to: light, energy, atoms, matter, magnetars, yeah. whatever, pulsars. Everything is vibrations. Yeah, it all breaks down to vibrations. Yeah, and that's why you want to get back into attunement with God. And I think that technology is going to enhance that. It's going to help us get there. It's just we've got to accept. And a lot of people are scared because they're afraid of losing their human. But I just I think this is where we're going. This yeah. is and it's like you said it's it's doubling every 18 months. 18 months. Yeah. That's an exponential growth. So I mean, look at where... What is this? Uh, uh, 2018. 18, <laughs> you know, I remember Y2K. And so I really remember that stress and anxiety over Y2K. But, I remember, um, I remember but, thinking y'all are ridiculous. Okay, but think about 1918. <laughs> think about 100 years ago. 1918. My grandmother was born in 1909. And think about the amount of technology changes. Well, the changes in that, that she 100 saw. year. Yeah. Make that to the power of 10... For the next, say, for what 2000 my to generation is going to experience. Yeah, 2000 to 2100. It is going to be to the 10th. Like, it's, think about just 2000 to 2018. I remember, no joke, I remember working for this really super smart guy at a top-tier consulting firm, and he had a, it wasn't a cell phone. It wasn't like what we have today. And he goes, Laura, if we had a BlackBerry. He goes, if they could combine BlackBerry technology with a cell phone into one unit, he goes, that would revolutionize the world. And this was like in like 2002 or something. And he said it will take at least 10 years. I bet you by 2006, people were already texting on a cell phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and he was a well, revolutionary technology the iPhone, person. Yeah. The iPhone came around in 2007? Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I mean. This was like... And that was only 10 I years ago. I left in 2003, and, and even, so it was like 2002, like that 
2001, like we were having these conversations about technology because yeah. we had those little Blackberries yeah. that were, it was before cell phones. Oh, it was, a, it was before that. Yeah. Like it was a, it was the only way you had a network and there were only like seven. Like it was, it was very tiny. It was just meant for teams. And so we found them through El Paso Energy. El Paso Energy wanted people to be able to text each other like out of a group, like a team or a project. And it was very like you, and so <laughs> we had fun because that's what texting is about, yeah. right? And so we used to text everybody and all the time on our little devices, but you had to like wear a clip and it was a standalone device and it was all you could do was text on it hmm. to those seven or eight people. Like you had to get a special address and get it set hmm. up and synced and everything. So we're getting but, close to an hour and I like to keep Oh, it's these. longer than that, isn't it? No, I mean, we're at, fi- <laughs> we're, we're at 51 minutes. I like to keep these things around an hour. People have short attention spans. But, um... I'm sure they're going to be excited about this one. Uh, <laughs> uh, we can end it on... Let's say... Okay, so we were just talking about singularity and everything mm. coming back to one um, and technology. You look back, what was it, like 30 years ago, the supercomputer 30 years ago was the size of a city block yes. and cost millions of dollars trillions who knows now a supercomputer is the size of a cell phone it fits in our pocket and it cost 800 to a thousand dollars significantly cheaper significantly smaller and so in the next 30 years this smartphone these this access to infinite information it's going to be the size of a blood cell that's in our brain that we're connected to. I know. Say everything. goodbye to individuality. Mm-hmm. Say but, goodbye. But I'm serious. If they're injecting things in your brains that are interacting with your neural network, they're going to be able to control your actions because it's about your physical. So you're one impulses. of those. You're one of those. I'm just. I just. They, like, you brought it up, so who, I finished it. Who is they? The man, the establishment, <laughs> yeah. the Rockefellers, the World Fed, yeah, like yeah. the Fed Bank or yeah. whatever. Yeah, oppressors. Thank you. And I um, mean, there are oh so many, but it's all related to, to money and power. Yeah. And control. But I would think that where we're at now, with the fact that, I mean, with the access to information and the peop- the fact that people are talking like this, we're not the only ones having these conversations. I hope not. Yeah, we're not. I have lots there's, of people There's a lot of people like who are waking up to enlightenment and to um, understanding and love. It, it is becoming very popular around the people that I know and my generation. Like, it's... It's... My generation is given a very bad rap, millennials, because all you have you have uh, you have mainstream media that all what does mainstream media feed off of tragedy? All it is is like look at this, this is tragedy. This is what you want, and so people watch. They're getting their ratings, they're getting their money. That shit's dying though, because you know that we have all the we media have podcasts. outlets are re- are totally controlled by the financial institutions. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, just so we're clear. And look, my generation is catching on to that. Yeah, we have bad fucking apples. We do. But from the most part, the media is not going to tell you everything right that my generation is doing. They only tell them what the banks tell them to yeah. say. I mean, I'm not joking. No. The me- there's, there's, I mean, there's like NPR and stuff like that. Yeah. But there's they're alternative so safe. Press. They're talking yeah. about like biodegradable things and a linen factory in Indonesia. Yeah. Like, which is great stuff. Don't get me wrong. I love NPR. Yeah. But... 
y'all, the wool is being pulled over our eyes. There's and all I kinds think, of stuff but going I think on. We're, I think we're pulling it back, though. This is what I'm saying, is that this isn't, it's, it, this it's isn't so gonna big, be... Like you, it's just like, it's so overwhelming how bad it is, and, and uh, we're so far behind the curve. And, and we might have to crash before we can, you know, it might have to burn down until the phoenix comes back. And, well, and I worry about losing our civil liberties. I feel like we're going to lose the battle. Just like with Germany in World War II, they lost the battle for civil rights. The government was so oppressive that they got ahead of there's, the wave. If, if this is the case, there's going to be a civil war. I don't know what there's going to be. A I mean, it, all war. I can tell you is it's going to be driven by politics and finances and political agendas. And guns. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be about money. It's going to be about getting money from somebody. Somebody's got oil, somebody has a natural resource, whatever. I, would, I, I want to stay hopeful. Always, right? Uh, We can talk about gloom and doom because it's more attractive to us. For some reason, it's more attractive to human beings. We can talk about that, but I think, and I would love for us to all get it in our heads and believe that we're going to find a way, that the conscious is going to overcome the greed, and that we're going to find our way back to source. And that, and, and I see it. I see a lot of people coming to this realization, and by the time my generation has somebody in power they will be that conscious being and we'll be able to come to understanding and love compassion what really matters and um let's end on that on that note of hope uh it's hopeful and it's true it it just it's it's what we talked about earlier if every single person this is the message to take home if every single person can be responsible for themselves and be happy and be hopeful it all feeds into a collective and conscious yeah and so if we all are happy we will bring it up yeah that's all we have to do that's each individual person's responsibility and be i happy. think that we all need to have these conversations we need to be open with each other each other we need to be understanding with each other we need to be compassionate about why it is you are this way why you might be angry right now but let's not fight let's not bicker let's understand have a conversation be adults and we can overcome all this bullshit make love not war absolutely and i (laughs) thank you very much for having this conversation thank you for having me and i mean i i I love i love it i love picking your brain and i mean you have so much insight into so many different things and i would like to do this again i would love to do it again all right Thank you very much.